The hosts of Cannabis Law Talk and Leach Tishman for Scaldwell and Lample in no way encourage the illegal activity. Listeners of this podcast must be mindful that processing, using, distributing, and or selling marijuana is a federal crime. And in no legal advice given herein is intended to provide any guidance or assistance in violating federal law, nor will it provide any guidance or assistance in complying with federal law. Please also note that nothing in this podcast is intended to be deemed advice regarding the federal, state, or local tax consequences of engaging in any business in the cannabis industry. This is Cannabis Law Talk. I'm Ken Foltz. And I'm Chris Gonzalez. Cannabis Law Talk is a podcast that focuses on the business, politics, and law of cannabis, featuring some of the influencers in the industry and more. Our aim is to provide non-lawyers with a broad overview on the cannabis industry and the law in the United States, and how to better understand and navigate through this cutting-edge and always changing industry. Hi, welcome back to Cannabis Law Talk. I'm Ken Foltz. And I'm Chris Gonzalez. Well, thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, Chris and I are in Las Vegas recording season two <laughs> or session two of our podcast. Um, we have a special guest I'd like for Chris to introduce. Yeah, we've got Tony Van Pelt. Tony is the uh, founder of Chronic Candy. Um, he's a good gentleman I met a few months ago, and I figured that this guy might be the perfect person to... Uh, to join our podcast. Tony, how are you? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are you guys? We're doing really well. Thanks for Good, taking, thanks. thanks for coming in. You're, uh, you're one of our few ones that come through the phone, which we enjoy though. You're doing well. And, uh, we hear you out loud and clear. So Tony, let's give us a little background. I know, I know about your company. I know who you are, but I wanted to let the, uh, the world know who you are. So why don't you give us a little background on yourself and then a little background on your company? Yeah. Okay. Well, about 22 years ago, um, I started Chronic Candy, and that came about where you know I took a vacation with my family. And, you know, I had a little shop that I was that I owned, and then uh, you know they said let's take a vacation, and they were going to Amsterdam, so I thought oh I'd do I'll take that vacation, and I went out there, <laughs> and I was you know I wandered off. My last name Van Pelt. That's one of the reasons why my parents actually went out there and um, you know do a little research, basically, and. Um, I I went, I wandered off and went to a coffee shop. I met a local there and, you know, he had invited me back to his place. Basically said, this, this weed is tourist weed, you know, come back to my place. And I, you know, I was a little nervous about that. I didn't know what was going on, but I, you know, it seemed cool. So I went back and, um, you know, they had some good herbs back then, cannabis that we had smoked. And afterwards I was leaving, he gave me this lollipop for the cotton mouth. And I'm like, what is this? He goes, oh, it's just a hemp lollipop. Um, you know, at the time, 22 years ago, um, you know, I just thought hemp was another word for another code word or, you know, another word for basically cannabis. And I'm like, can I, he goes, can I get this? I said, can I get this back to the United States? He goes, yeah, but nobody would want it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, don't worry about that. As long as it's legal. He goes, yeah, but it doesn't get you high or nothing. So, but it tasted so great. And um, I ended up, he gave me a, a big old box and, I actually put in my mom's suitcase because I thought they were in searchers and you know everything was okay. We got it back and, and basically I took that and I went to the very first smokeout, um, Cypress Hill smokeout in 1999, and pretty much they rest is history. After that, we sold out in two hours, um, and then from there we just started. You know, I, I sold my shop. I came up with the name, which was Chronic Candy, that was popular at the time, Chronic. And we basically um, 
I just went on the road. I went on the road, toured around the country, and with Ozzy for 11 years. And you know, we just did so many different music events and just festivals just around. And before that, though, I had made a decision because it was still there wasn't a business, it wasn't a space. It was actually a case, and I had to make a a judgment, like you know, because um, even my you know my parents smoked. I think they stopped by then, but. You know, I was wondering how am I going to make this statement to my family, you know, that, and, um, you know, I had a choice either go all the way or try to like keep it under the table type of thing. And I went all the way and, you know, I wrapped this van, you know, I put the, I mean, imagine in the, in the late nineties, I, I was riding around in a, in a new Astro van all wrapped with buds all over it and said, we delivered chronic candy and no one knew what that was. But, um, you know, and I drove that van for half a million miles all across the United States, everywhere. And um, that's pretty much, you know, it, it was just really introducing people to what hip was. I wasn't on, like, any type of crusade or, you know, it was just, it was a new life that I was just living. And it was fun to, you know, we really stuck out um, back in those days, you know, because we don't see, uh, you know, like a big chronic candy booth at a big festival and we've done rodeos, we've done the family book fair, we've done college events, we've done every, I mean, pretty much every type of event where there's a lot of people and, you know, it, it just involved to where it is to this day. It was actually to where the, it is now, the cannabis space is, is beyond my fantasies of dreams. Of, I never thought it would even be as far as it is right now. You know, it was always kind of like a fantasy basically, but we're living it. That's great. That's great. You know, I, I, you make a couple of comments in there about a personal experience on how it happened. And, uh, I think everyone in this space who, who usually gets into it has that connection. And the fact that you took a trip, met a local, that's usually how it works, right? Gave you a little extra of this sure. or that and then, and, and move forward. Well, but it's, it's also funny. You, you, Tony, you mentioned about the question of, are you going to be in or you're not going to be in? And, uh, Chris and I were actually just yeah. having a conversation um, just this afternoon, but you know, how do you make a decision? Do you want to be in the industry or not? Um, and you know, when we, you know, both Chris and I at different points in our career, we had to make a decision, you know, for me, it was in, uh, I'm based in Pennsylvania when they decided to legalize uh, medical marijuana, decided to kind of jump in with both feet and really try to learn as quickly as possible. Um, you know, one of the comical things somebody said to me, said, well, what do you know about it? I said, well, I know as much as anybody in Pennsylvania knows. It's just legalized. It's so like, there's, there's no uh, legal marijuana experts in the state. That's true. That is true. Yeah. You know, Tony, I've, I've had the yeah. opportunity as, uh, to get a chance to know you a little bit and uh, visit your facility. And, you know, I, I got a couple questions because the public out there, you know, this show, and I think I explained to you when I saw you is, we're out there trying to educate people. You know, our big issue, we're lawyers by day. And, you know, technically we're kind of uh, business people, business therapists, you know, legal yeah. therapists uh, in the business, in the space. We've created this cannabis group for our law firm, which is about a dozen of us. And, you know, it's really about educating people. You know, there's still a big stigma. I mean, you, you talk about hemp, you know, and you, you kind of said, do I come out or not come out in a weird way? And the answer is, do I tell my family yeah. or I leak it secret? And, you know, there's a lot of misconception and you know, can you just talk to us about, other than c telling your family, you know, how did you overcome that big hurdle? Because that hurdle, even though it's, this happened 20 plus years ago, unfortunately, we're still dealing with it, you know, in the hemp space. Well, it's never, it hasn't stopped. You know what I mean? And I, and luckily I was at this, the right age 
um, in my life that I didn't, it, it just was what it was. You know what I mean? Like right now, being older, I'm 51. I don't think that I've, well, I don't, I don't think I would have done it the same way just because, you know, I have kids now back then I had no kids and, um, it was just different. But then there were times where I had to pick my daughter up from a private Christmas school in that weed van. And I parked it down the street and walked her and then some people would see me afterwards. You just, it, it was just a, I don't know. I don't know how it just, you know, but it's strange because there was a lot of different, like, I've been in office meetings with people that actually, you know, were smoking a joint and they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, chronic candy. Oh, can't have nothing to do with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, smoking and, you know, and, and it was funny because even there's, even in printing business cards, I ran across printers that wouldn't even print a business card because it said chronic on it. Wow. And, you know, everywhere that I lived, I had these, those weed bands out there and, you know, it just stuck out. And a lot of times, to be honest with you, I'm, I can't complain. I wouldn't change a thing because it's actually been a wonderful ride, gentlemen, you know. And, um, you know, like when I say I drove across the country several times in a weed van, it seems very dangerous or stupid. But um, I've actually, I, I mean, I've had a couple bad run-ins in Texas. But other than that, um, and not bad at all, but it's been more good than I've ever um, no, they're more than that, basically. I'd take a wild guess that wasn't no, in so, Austin where you had a problem. <laughs> no, actually, it was great in Austin. It was right <laughs> in the border of Texas. And yeah, Austin was the only one. Yeah, we, we didn't have, you know, but there's some of those Bible based, Bible built states are pretty rough. And, um, but we had a great time, you know, and, uh, like I, you just couldn't, you, you couldn't reproduce the life that this, that this has brought me. So, I'm really grateful for it. And, and even doing business or even having this podcast right now is really mind boggling. Um, you know, and the people that you're doing business with now that I'm doing business with now, it's just, they would have never had those conversations. And even my lawyer and my doctor, you know, I always used to play with my doctor. Can you prescribe me marijuana? And she'd say, no, no. And um, now it's not even a joke. It's something serious. She has her car. She's buying CBD and it's in her office now. And, um, it's just it's it's amazing to see the way things have changed. Tony, can you help? Yeah. One of the, one of the questions we always get, um, maybe help clarify this, is you've been doing this, you know, for a very long time in the industry uh, on the CBD side. One of the questions we'll get from clients, either that are employers or you know they with their jobs, they say, well, well, if I take the CBD, you know, am I going to test positive for marijuana? You know, for for THC, and it's. Maybe if, you know, kind of from your experience, what, you know, what you guys have done to help maybe clarify that, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of, you know, the CBD Hemp. aspect of the industry and, you know, whether that's going to create a problem for individuals or companies. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, actually we use an isolate. So I guess the, the start to learn is, you know, it's isolated to a 99.9 or 99.7%. So there's no THC in you know any of our products and one of the reasons that we use an isolate is because um even though the legal limit is 003 um i mean you know 0 0.03 um we don't want any thc in our products because it is an edible it's candy at a lot of things so we don't want no um no no misunderstandings but no i mean there's still a, an education curve 
that we love to tell people about is um, finding out the difference between CBD and, and any other other cannabinoids in the, um, you know, the whole THC plant, basically, the whole cannabis plant. And it doesn't get you high. It's not psychoactive. It's actually just a really good medicinal part of the plant. Let me you ask know, you. So it won't fail on a drug test. Yeah, no, that, I think that's what I was going to say. It doesn't fail on drug tests then in that case, since you're at such low levels, yeah, almost non-existent levels is what it is. Um, let me ask you, coming up now with uh, a couple of things, what, you see any challenges for your company coming up this year? Um, you've been doing great since the 80s. And let me ask you a real back question. Cypress Hill, we're talking Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill? Ban Cypress oh, Hill? Yeah. Okay, I knew that was the case. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're talking <laughs> Cypress Hill. Yeah, anyway. yeah, absolutely. You know, I still have that T-shirt from 1998. It's great to see that down there are sponsors. There's, I think there's 20 sponsors, but there's only really three companies that are left strong on that. And Grind and Candy is one of them. Oh, good. I'm going to have to put them, go to your office and make sure you put that up in a frame behind your desk. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, I was, so I was asking, you know, coming up in 2020, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. We've got some issues that are happening and it may not be per se directly to your business, but do, what, what kind of challenges do you see coming up maybe this year, next year, a couple of years for your business, if any? Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel the pharmaceutical companies are going to um, need to um, get hold or take hold of the whole CBD space because it does, it, I mean, it, it does work. It's a very, very um, resourceful um, product, you know, that can, well, it can do a lot of things. Um, I don't make those claims, but it, it really works, basically. And so it's, it's putting a little dent in, he's going to put a huge dent into the pharmaceutical company. So I think they're going to get a hold of it and try to squeeze out the little guy. And so for, the, the, so for our listeners that, are, that you hear a little bit of reluctance in um, Tony's voice, and what he's referring to is the fact that you know, there, there's situations in, in law in the state, you know, in the country, we got the federal law, Schedule 1, we've got local things. Um, we also have the FDA and making USDA, which you're not allowed to make certain claims, if any claims, medical claims. And so I think, you know, Ken actually is a little more versed in this. Um, so I do hear, I understand your reluctance in, in responding that it does work and I'm not going to deny that, but you know, I, I understand your, your hesitancy in, in making claims cause you can't do that. And I get that. Yeah. And it's also gonna be, it'll be fascinating with, you know, big pharma, the question of how are they going to enter the space? When will they enter the space? Um, and then, you know, because one of the questions will be is how do they get control of, um, intellectual property? Cause that's kind of how they, that's how they make their money for the most part. Um, is controlling Absolutely. that and, you know, may, you know, it'd be interesting. Inter it will be fascinating. I think to see, and maybe Tony, if you can talk a little bit about it, you know, maybe if the, if the horses left the barn to where maybe big pharma won't be able to come in and control it because they won't be able to get patents on a lot of the, the strains, mm -hmm. the products, things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, but they're powerful. So I, you know, I don't put anything past, yeah, you know, I don't put anything past, you know, and I had a I had a buyer that came. He was from Walmart, and he actually talked to me for like forty five minutes. And he he came in and he told me straight up. He said Walmart is coming in with a billion dollar fund. He said yes with a B B billion dollar fund, and they're coming in. They're going to basically buy up the land, buy you know, and produce the best CBD, and and be able to sell it cheaper than knocks out all these little farmers and they're basically just coming over to take it. And then they say, no, why would anyone buy it from anyone else when they can buy it from us since we're, we're using, you know, the best equipment, we're the best 
genetic and we're going to sell it the cheapest as we can. So why wouldn't anyone buy it from us? And it's just to knock out the, you know, the small guys. And he goes, we're not the only one. And, you know, there's a lot of people from Canada that are coming in, a lot of investment groups who are basically doing the same. And so for us right now, we're basically one of the most important things we feel is um, the brand itself. We can move and groove and, and just, you know, even right now we're exploring other cannabinoids, um, you know, or just itself. And, um, you know, it's all about the brand. That's one thing that, that can't be bought. You know, we've got 22 years in and, you know, there's very few people that can say that. So as long as we keep out, uh, resourcing the best product, the brand will stay strong. And so that's, that's the best part. They, that that can't be bought out or taken away. I mean, it could be bought, but not taken away. Well, if I look at you and I've gotten to know you, I said, and research your company, it seems like you're kind of the craft of this area right now. You're, you're kind of the leader, whether big pharma comes or other, other big players, tobacco, I'm sure is coming. You know, do you see other individuals or companies in the industry that might be a little more specialized in what they do uh, survive that? Or do you see them just being swallowed up by the conglomerate? You know, of course, Walmart with a billion dollars, that's a lot of bread. So, you know, how do you see that other small companies that may want to come in and enter the space? What do you see in that, in that area? It's rough, <laughs> you know, especially now, because I mean, before you, you know, you, you, you come up with an idea, even a great product. And um, a lot of people didn't want to touch it. And you, you could basically, earn your way in, you know, by putting in work and just going out there and doing what you do. But now you've got people coming in with billion dollars or, you know, millions and billions of dollars. And how do you compete with that? You know what I mean? And so I don't, it's, it's a rough situation right now um, for the new companies because big business is here, you know, big. And it was like, I never thought that, but you know, growing up or hearing marbles coming in, the big tobacco companies. And I always, thought that was like an urban myth but now they're here they're just here so it boils down to the brand if you have a brand that's out there that um, yeah i i would agree you with you Tommy. To i think if you have a trusted brand and something that people are looking for quality i mean yeah the commodity side it's going to be impossible to probably you know compete with you know the mega mega companies and it's no different than you know, beer brewing companies You've got these yep. massive companies, but you know what? The craft brewers are still doing extremely well. And there's a lot of companies that have really, they've grown on brand loyalty and people love their product. Mm-hmm. They trust them. I, you know, I, I agree with you completely. Well, you know, last night, uh, we're here in Vegas and one of the commercials came up, which was a drink commercial and it's got a red can and a mm-hmm. white label. <laughs> and that, that can had an energy drink and I could not believe it. And mm-hmm. I turned to my, I turned to my buddy next to me and I said, CBD is next. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing I said because you know they 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 jumped over and went right to an energy, which is ironic because that company's caffeine level in their drinks is already off the chart. But that's a different topic, right. you know. Well, and even here in in Nevada, a group that we've talked with a bit, uh, the Planet Thirteen guys that are based here in Las Vegas, they're mm-hmm. making their own uh, seltzer water that has CBD and also THC. They have different, two different lines that they're doing. They're in the, mm. the bottling and canning. Yeah. Hey, business now. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, you know, a few more minutes and I want to take on, you know, got a lot of time. Um, we appreciate you taking the time. Hey, can you walk us Thank through? You. Yeah. Can you walk us through like a typical day for you? You know, I don't need to hear what time you got up, but you know, general business day, you know, kind of walk us through what you do well, or what your staff does or, you know, just kind of a general understanding. So 
you know, again, we're educating people. So we want to make people who are out there with a, you know, you're a, a legend technically in the business and your company has been, you know, legendary. And so I think it'd be great to hear what, what you guys do um, and how you do it. Well, real quick, let me backtrack because there's one little story that, um, that, I, that I meant to tell. You know, this happened maybe in 2009 or eight. This is actually just when everyone was getting a, a computer and an internet and everything. I mean, the smartphone. Um, I got a call one day, um, and it was a reporter from the New York Post, and he goes, hey, you know, the governor here is trying to ban your candy. Uh, you want to talk about it? And I didn't, it didn't register the first time ever anything like that had ever happened. So I kind of, I, I took it as a joke because I lived maybe, well, I've already, you know, gone nine years into this, and I knew that there was nothing illegal in this candy. So, you know, by going to different festivals and, you know, having the local police department come up and test the candy and, you know, um, things like that. And I had actually, um, you know, prior to that, even got in, um, basically got arrested in North Carolina and in Chicago for the candy. And, you know, it was tested, of course, and that was, um, you know, they let me go. They, you know, sometimes they took my stuff and, you know, just told me, like, North Carolina said, just, don't ever come back. And, you know, so I'm, I knew at that point that there was nothing illegal. There was no THC and it was just hemp. It just tasted really, really good. And um, I um, got that call. And so he says, yeah, you want to make a statement about that? And I, and I made a, you know, I said, well, if she's trying to ban my candy, only thing that I'm concerned about is um, what Ferrari and what color Ferrari I'm going to get. And she goes, oh, so you, cause you know, there's nothing bad. I'm going to get all this, this uh, you know, all all this press, I'm going to sell so much of this candy. <laughs> and they quoted me on that. Well, the next thing I know, at four in the morning, my uh, my cell phone started ringing and ringing and my house phone. And, um, I'm like, what is this? You know, four in the morning and I get up and it was all these reporters from everywhere, you know, like, yeah, you want to make a statement? And um, they had the news crew out in front of my house and <laughs> they started flying us to Australia. They flew us to Japan. They, you know, we were on just all these different talk shows and the, my life immediately from like, you know, it just seemed like overnight just completely changed. And then, you know, what had happened was it, buying on the internet in 2009 was really, uh, it was a risky thing. You didn't know what you were getting and we weren't even really set up for that. And basically, uh, they put us on the Jay Leno show. It, it shut the website down so much traffic and, and, um, and then we went on um, a different talk show. It would, every time that that happened, it was going back to back. They would just shut the website down and, and it took down. And it actually, um, it turned out to be, you know, it didn't, it, there was no, we didn't end up making money. We actually ended up losing money because we had to refund a lot. It took a lot, it took like 30 days to get it back up and to get the things out. Wow. And then, and then what happened was, you know, um, they ended up, I ended up winning that first case because they really tried to ban it. And they ended up actually banning it in um, a county in New Jersey. And then another, and then it was election year at that time. So other, other states started picking it up and it was easily attacked as this guy selling candy, marijuana candy to kids. Mm, and, um, of course. and so it was easy for parents to get behind. Like, I mean, even at that time now, my, my, I had my first child and my baby, um, she was a baby, obviously, 
And, you know, of course, my babies weren't eating it, and I would make that statement as well. And, you know, even though there's nothing wrong with it, and then others, uh, we beat, we won in Connecticut, and we we won in Georgia, but they they retried me again. They brought it up. Not retried me, but just um, they took the, can, the, the case to court, and then they, they also made it illegal in Illinois, which is ironic because now that's one of um it's one of our biggest places yeah. that you know our distribution is set up <laughs> in Chicago now, and they've just gone um, recreational. So and that was the governor's daughter who um, who um, you know managed to ban. She she managed to ban not the, um, not the candy itself, but the the name Chronic Candy. And I was even told at that time. Um, if you if you put a Snickers bar in a candy can a chronic candy wrapper, it is illegal and it's like just having marijuana. So you know all those things have changed. But and you know that was the moment. It was funny. It was really strange. You know, seeing myself on TV all the places and, and getting all flown around. And, and you think like, well, we finally made it. But all we ended up doing is spending the money on lawyers because you know they're not cheap. <laughs> and that's the, <laughs> They drained us and, um, you know, and we kept going. So that was almost the downfall of it. But now here we are. We're moving forward. Um, and a day, well, you know, our day, my day is a little bit, it's not, it's not routine, unfortunately. But we do have great structure, you know, because I have to say this off the top. None of this, you know, 22 years, I wouldn't have made it if there wasn't other people helping me out, especially like my wife, she's always been there. I have a really good buddy of mine named Stacy, who's, um, you know, been my friend for like over 30 years. And now he, you know, he runs the kitchen here that we have out here and we have a distribution set up in, in uh, Pomona. You know, my wife comes in every day. She hates it because she hasn't worked in nine years. <laughs> well, she's worked, but you know, she hasn't had a, what you said, job, but they, you know, and there's Lisa that she comes in every day. And, you know, we've worked with Lisa for over almost 18 years. And, um, you know, and it, it's a real blessing to have people that help you live out your dream. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I'm just realizing right now, I don't thank them enough. And I'm going to do that today after this phone call. And, um, but, you know, that's, that's how it happened. I, I couldn't have, those 400,000 miles plus that we put on that van, I didn't drive them all. You know, and standing out at those, you know, at these shows, 12 hours a day and then going driving six hours and then doing it again every week. It seems like a lot of fun, but it's a really, really, it's a lot of work. And, you know, my day, I, you know, I do, I'm trying to get out of it, but I do a lot of um, shows, a lot of conventions, a lot of, I love meeting the people. And that's how I met Garrett and, you know. And Chris and everybody, so I'm, um, I love that part of it, meeting the people, because you never know who you're going to meet. Like, I wouldn't have been on this call, but if it wasn't for that, that's that, true. Um, Pasadena show. Yeah, you know, and so, and there's so many different things. I've met, I've met so many people that I would have never, ever met around the world. And that's right now, um, that's the most precious thing in my life right now. It's just, it's, it's the people that I've gotten to meet because of chronic candy and you know and it's it's been it's been a um oh it's been a wonderful experience you know what i mean i i couldn't even ask more for out of life than what i've got my family my kids and the people that i've met and 
and you know to and have relationships i i mean i know a lot of people for the 20 years 22 years that i've met and it's been it's been a great thing and that's that's priceless that's you know well, and for yeah. it to come back around full circle and you know now um that's where it's at for me right now you know that's just a great thing so I didn't give great answers. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, you did. no, thank you so much for kind of sharing that journey. You've you've been on this uh, yeah. this ride a lot longer than other the other folks in the industry. I mean, you you were doing this well before a lot of the folks that have jumped into it in the last you know five, seven, eight years. Really, I think so you said it all by the team. I think I think yeah. you did answer it. And I say I say that because we're big proponents on team. You know, I've talked to you about this before. Yeah. Um, I met Tony Absolutely. at a, uh, at a convention in Pasadena, California, where uh, my office located Ken's in, in Pittsburgh. Um, a few of us went there and we had an opportunity to meet with him. And then we started talking to him more and more and just intrigued by the story. And I thought once we did this, he'd be one of our first guests to come on and talk. Um, but I think you answered it perfectly because it, it, it's there, as much structure as I know you want, you just explain your structure. It's 22 years of structure. And you just happen to have a team that yeah. helps you. And that's what, that's what big thing, you know, can I promote constantly? And we say to everyone, you know, make sure you have the right team. You know, there's not going to be one person who can handle all of your items. It may not be two or 10, but you know, you need to have a group that you trust in and, and believe in. And, you know, obviously in the case of some of the people you mentioned, um, which I've been, I've been fortunate to meet as well um, at the convention right. and outside, you know, those are, they're fabulous. They, they, they are the, the real soul, and I don't want to say soldier. That's not the right word. They're your real support staff, and that's the the reason why you're at. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, Tony, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Um, so yeah. I'm gonna just on the, on the way out. Yeah, Tony, thanks so much, everyone. We were just talking to Tony Van Pelt. He's the founder of Chronic Candy. Um, that's Chronic C H R O N I C Candy dot com. Take a look at him and his business. He's a he's an OG. I know we said that to you before, my friend. <laughs> Original OG. Come on, I know you will. So um, he's, this, is, this is almost, you know what? I'll, I'll say this actually, Tony. Um, you know, I didn't even know about the Amsterdam story, but you're really a pioneer in what you did. Um, you took a risk. And many people nowadays, I find, don't take those risks. They don't, take a, they don't play on one side. They take either the middle of the road. And you, you picked the lane and you ran that, that lane as fast and hard as you can, whether it's going to bump you off lane. You got bumped off. I mean, you told me you got thrown in the, a few places in the, in some pretty bad places and, uh, you just got back, yeah. you got back on the lane and you kept running. And so, you know, I appreciate everything you did and what you've done because it's an inspiration for those who want to start. And I know it's difficult today. I think we talked about that, but you know, for those who want to get involved in, you know, take a little page out of Tony's book and what they've done. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So yep. go ahead, Tony. You want to say something? And, you know, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, the last couple of things I want to say is one, you know, um, the best thing I can say is if you want to get in, you have to be prepared to stick it out. You know what I mean? It, it's, um, you know, a guy told me, and this is when I was 10 years into it already, and you know, actually nine years into it, and we were hitting the roads, and one of the other guys that was on the tour with me told me, you know, he said, hey, Tony, you know, it took 15, 10 to 15 years to become an overnight success. Actually, he said, 15 years to become an overnight success. And I said in my head, I'm going to do it 10. And here we are, 22. And I still, we still got a few more years to go. So um, <laughs> stick with it. All right, Tom. That's Thanks you so much. Do. If you believe in it, stay with it. I agree with that. Tell my kid that a lot. I, I agree. agree 100%. Well, everybody, uh, thanks for listening to Cannabis Law Talk. I'm Chris Gonzalez. And I'm Ken Foltz. Weed. Need. 
to talk. That's our show. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Law Talk. You can reach us at CannabisLawTalk.com or on Twitter at CannabisLawTalk. Or you can also write us at CannabisLawTalk at LeechTishman.com. That is L-E-E-C-H-T-I-S-H-M-A-N.com. This is Chris Gonzalez. This is Ken Foltz. Talk to you soon.